0: What's going on, everybody? This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics, and this is the Chondrocast, the podcast about green tree pythons and the people that keep them. Enjoy the show. Start beefing up my girl a little bit, giving her a little some, throw her a, a rat or two. Oh,
1: well, you bastard!
0: How could you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tell the the feeding police. I'm uh, gonna come get you. I just I don't see, like I have no issues with rats. Like I'll throw them one every now and then, change it up a bit. Do I think that they need to be on them full time? Absolutely not.
2: Yeah, but, you know
3: I, it, that topic. It kind of relates to what we're talking about tonight. Anyway, I think is that if your animals are constantly dehydrated and you're you're not getting them to do bowel movements on a regular basis, then eating big rats, I could see them being a problem after a while. But I think if you're doing everything right, I I mean that's what they eat in the wild. They eat rats. Yeah, they don't eat little mice. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first one I had, my first one, I'm pretty sure I fed it rats for like a year, solid, <laughs> never had an issue, and then got on Facebook and found out that was like a big no-no. Yeah, it's one of the seven deadly but, sins. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the snake didn't he's all good, he was fine.
0: I'm still adjusting levels a little bit, so I'm still playing with things. But, I mean, we are recording, so uh, welcome everybody. It's episode 18 of the Condrocast. I'm Justin Smith, Palmetto Coast Exotics. Tonight, I'm joined by the triumphant return of Luke Myers and David Brahms, of Specialty Enclosure Designs, who is also the sponsor of this show. Thank you, David. No problem. What's happening? Thank you. What are we doing? What are we up to? It's it's late here on the East Coast, kind of. It's bedtime. Luke's night is just getting started. <sighs> it's just
1: begun. <laughs> Yeah, if you hear snoring,
3: that's me. <laughs>
2: I'm
1: <getting>
3: tired.
0: <clears throat> well, I figured this episode would be kind of shorter than the norm, uh, like an hour or so instead of the hour and a half, just because we'll, you know, we'll kind of cover our our stuff and and be done. Um, but what's, I mean, David, how's how's everything going on up there? How's the how's the collection?
3: Everything, knock on wood, is going very well. Um. Just kinda kick started breeding season this week. Um by putting all the, the girls back on feed. Uh they've been fasting since about July. And uh so they're all very eager to start eating this week and
2: mm-hmm. and
3: uh I started the males about the week before and they all immediately kicked into shed as soon as I gave, gave wow, them gave them. Wow, really? Meal. Yeah, uh, like just immediately. One. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it was kinda neat. <laughs> so uh yeah i'm gonna be kicking it into high gear i'm gonna start feeding the the girls on a higher frequency um uh, after this week and
0: what are you yeah. giving them when you're feeding them on that that frequency
3: um just adult mice right okay. now um you know last year when i did this i was feeding them not jumbo but like on a small size mm-hmm. like adult mice and uh You know, sometimes I'd feed the girls, um, or the girl that I was targeting specifically, you know, um, about once a week, sometimes twice a week, uh, which sounds really high to most people, I think when they hear that, um, but that's strictly just to get her to start cycling follicles. And so I'll, I'll start hitting her really, really hard with food and, um, you know, she'll get a rain chamber session after uh, probably about two weeks, maybe three weeks of steady feeding
2: mm-hmm. to
3: make sure that, you know, she's not building up and things are, are moving the way they should be. And last year it worked like clockwork. So I'm going to try and repeat it again this year.
0: And is it that same female or are you doing something different as far as parents go? No,
3: I'm giving her a year off. Um, she could probably take it, but I'm, I'm not going to push it. Mm-hmm. I've got. Um, several others that i'm targeting this year because they're they're old enough now and um is dark horse one of them
0: what's that is that is dark horse one of them
3: yeah um i i was bouncing around as to whether or not i was going to try with her this year but i think i'm definitely going to do it um i just haven't decided which male i'm gonna i'm gonna um
0: put her with yeah you've got too many Uh, good choices yeah (laughs) it's making it difficult (laughs)
3: Yeah, my goal this year though is I just want to get some pure manikari uh, pairings. Uh,
0: that's cool. To accomplish. Too.
3: Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be my focus, and I've got two males that I can use for that, and three Maniquari females that I can I can uh, target. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal this year, anyway.
0: Now I did a post on Instagram this morning that was like, "What's your favorite locality?" and it got me thinking about what my favorite locality is, and I think Manox might be the might be the top. Top dog, yeah. Those are the Tamikas. Some of the Tamikas I've seen are, are nuts. Like Harlan has a few that are just ridiculously blue. Yeah, those are crazy. Yeah, really, really nice. nice. Yeah, those are cool. But I can think. I couldn't pick a favorite. Each one, ha- you know, I love Arus because of that deep green. Like I love that yeah. that dark forest green that a lot of Arus have. Um, yep. Beox, obviously. I want them all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's. I all. Of them. They're awesome. You know, it's just man quarries, There's just something about it. Yeah. Yep. Now that I have a few, I can appreciate them a little more.
2: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> but Luke, what's going on with you, man?
1: Same old, same old. Not too much. Just praying that I think you're going to be kind of in the si- same situation as me. You said you're trying a younger male, right?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah. The more I look at him, the more I I think. I don't know that he's gonna be able to pull it off, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Perrin, like the very end of December, like literally last probably week of the year or something. Mm-hmm, that's exactly hop- what I was thinking. Yeah, and Pushing I'm hoping. Like January. I'm hoping he, I can get him a little more up to size because she's a big girl, and I worry if she if she bit him and she got him somewhere vital, it, it would probably do some serious damage for whatever reason. If anything happened, you know, it would snap him
3: like a slim jim.
0: Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's, he's not like, compared to her. He's tiny, but. I don't know. He might. I'm gonna give him a shot. If he doesn't, if he doesn't he might do the it, job done. Yeah, I'm just gonna do a repeat pairing. If that didn't work, you know, put Problem Child back in there with her and, and let him do the thing. Yeah,
2: it can't hurt.
1: But yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous too about putting a really small man. He'll be like three. He would be turning three in February. So like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. We'll give him a shot, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. The only thing I was a little worried about. I don't know. I think I texted you guys about that, but. I don't know if like having a young male in there who maybe is not producing sperm yet would like cause a female to go through the whole reproductive cycle mm-hmm. and just maybe push out a bunch of slugs since he's not producing anything. I don't know. That's my only like kind of concern. Maybe she's not. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. But I'd be
3: really curious to hear how it goes for you guys with the, with the younger males. Uh, I bet you guys have more luck than you think.
0: Maybe. Right?
1: Oh, I hope so. I hope you're right.
0: But it's nice to have like a second string sort of backup in case it doesn't happen, you know. Have mm-hmm. have another guy on deck that you know is gonna knock it out of the park. Got to got to give the rookie some some time on the field, you know.
2: Yeah, one hundred
0: percent. Give the kid a shot.
3: Yeah, man. He needs some OJT. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. Uh, David mentioned Rain Chambers and that's why we're here tonight to talk about those we had a, uh, I had a guy let me find it a gentleman from Sweden messaged me which the fact that people across
2: <laughs>
0: literally like South Carolina state lines listen to this thing just blows my mind that's Cause amazing because I had people in France pretty that were cool. like buying shirts and stuff and I'm like what is happening oh, like why? Cool. yeah let me see He's a really nice guy. He's in Sweden. He's he's kind of new to conjures. it sounds like. Uh, he hasn't been keeping them super long, but I want to give credit where credit is due because he asked us to go more in-depth on, uh, on rain chambers as far as building them and stuff. So, I mean, all this is going to be in what the metric system, like he's going to have to convert all the numbers and stuff. But uh, <laughs> his name is Henrik Brunberg, and uh, very nice guy, like I said. He asked us specifically to talk about Rain Chambers. So um, both of you have been using those for a while now, and it sounds like you're getting a lot of success out of them. Um, I guess, David, we can start with you as far as what size you've been using, kind of the overall how you have your setup, how you, how often you're running it, all that good stuff.
3: Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, first I just you know want to say that I – there's obviously many ways to get the job accomplished. I just have a preference for using rain chambers. And the reason for that is, um, you know, when you, when you start researching more where these guys come from, rainfall is a very regular thing in their lives that we don't really give them in captivity. And, you know, if you think about when, if, you know, you're going to go out field herping. When are the best nights to do it? It's usually when there's been some, some good rainfall mm-hmm. uh, animals are, are active uh, on those nights more so than when there hasn't been rain for quite a long period of time. And uh, so also too, I, you know, listening to a, another podcast, I think it was Steve Volk. I'm trying to remember who it was that was talking about his rain chamber setups that they use for, for emeralds. Yeah, um, Really you know, it kind of inspired me to try using it with, uh, the, the condros. And so my, my setup's very simple. It's just a, a standard, um, Cambro tub. It's the large one. So any plastic box that is about that size is going to work. Um, I think it ends up being like 26 gallons, I think is what that, uh, that tub is. And, um, and I use a, uh, a mist King, misting setup uh, to uh, put the rain into the box. And then the way I do it is I I only really use it on my females because the males will um, go to the bathroom on a regular basis more so than the females do. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll get several meals into the females and then um, I will remove them from their enclosure. Uh, where they live and place them into the rain chamber. And I usually do this on a weekend right in the middle of the day. And um, I'll use a, a standalone perch. So I'll, I'll take them off of their perch that they, they use within their enclosure and place them onto this perch within the tub. And then uh, I'll start the rain and This is all done by drawing, um, I use water that's anywhere from 82 to about 86 degrees, somewhere in that temperature range. Um, And it draws from a five gallon pail through the mist king system and into the rain chamber. And um, it usually uh, elicits a response from the females, typically within five to 15 minutes when they're in there. And I think, you know, some people, uh, you know, question whether or not it's just the, them being moved around, uh, or they're getting agitated or something like that. But, you know, I, have done this a ton of times now Mm -hmm. and if you watch them, um, you know, they're, they're not responding negatively, uh, to the, to the rain hitting them. At least my females aren't They're They're very chill when they're in there. And, um, they'll cruise a little bit, but then you'll see that they'll stop moving around and, uh, only the lower half of their body starts moving around. So, you know, what's coming. Right. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get the desired result pretty quick and then I'll take them right out, put them back in their, their living quarters and clean the whole thing out and, and move on to the next one. If I need to Real simple.
0: Because I've done a few by hand, and like like you said, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, like, I'll put them in a tub, and then I'll just take my hand pump mister that I use for dart frogs and everything else, uh, and they do just kind of, like, sit there. Like, it doesn't seem to bother them. Like, some colubrids, you spray them, and they're, like, gone. They're, like, time to get out of here.
3: Yeah, they freak uh, out.
0: Mm-hmm. But with mine, I've noticed, like, it, it does seem to annoy them for a few minutes. Like, they tuck their head if they're, you know, it's during the day, and they're coiled up on a perch, they just tuck their head, and then after a few minutes, they're kind of like, "All right, I guess I gotta start moving around." Did uh, and, uh,
1: did it work when you did it by hand? Because I tried it by hand, and something I yeah. think it was me just standing over them. They're just like, "No." So,
0: like, yeah, I'll turn it, it wasn't,
1: on. I have to leave the room.
0: It wasn't concrete, just but a lot of mine I've noticed with with like my female, my big female, and some of the other ones, if I can tell they gotta go, and I just hose them down like I missed them that night, like mm-hmm. fairly heavily, and then close it. Normally in the morning, there's something there waiting for me. So I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's just South Carolina weather or, like, we have a lot of storm fronts and stuff, especially now that it's hurricane season, it's raining like crazy. Uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. that has any part in it, but usually I can just hose mine down if I can tell they haven't gone or they need to, and it, it comes right out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I think I think that 100% is, like, true, and I think it kind of works the same way, because I used to just not spray at all, and then when I started using the rain chamber, I thought, oh, well, well I'm just going to spray them at night. And even now, just spraying them at night, which I know some people think is, like, terrible because mm-hmm. of evaporative cooling or whatever. But, I mean, I don't know. If your snake can't handle getting a little water on it. To me, it kind of seems like there might be something else wrong with it. But I've been spraying them at night, and they'll still go. And I think that just even that night, just, like, getting water on them and drying out by the mm-hmm. morning, even that, I've noticed, like, hugely helps all my snakes.
0: I mean, I think at the very least, it's a it's some form of stimulus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some sort of like there's a change in the in the environment that's going on that doesn't happen all the time. Because I've 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 honestly been misting mine more lately, like my my neonates especially, <clears throat> uh, and obviously doing regular water changes with all the small stuff. But I've been hosing mine down a little more regularly than I was before, and I I think it's it's benefiting them a little more than it was when I wasn't doing it as frequently. Yep.
1: Well, actually, what's I I've found I've kind of found that. Obviously, the more I do it and the more consistently I've been doing it, the better it's been working. As weird as that sounds where they get, I usually, if I can hose them down like every night at mm-hmm. like, like right when the sun's going down and I have like a lot of ventilation on my cages. So, I mean, it completely dries out by two, but uh, I've noticed if I can do it on a regular basis where they get that like kind of nighttime dew, they get water, they start moving around and like just again on a regular schedule, they'll go more consistently than where if I like I'm busy and I miss a few nights, then yep. it seems to kind of get the whole cycle out of whack, mm-hmm. which may sound kind of weird, but when it's consistent and that's what happens every night, it seems they almost get into like a rhythm, which is really cool to kind of see. Yeah. So that's crazy things we do for snakes, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> what am <that's>
1: I <laughs> it's
2: ridiculous. Well, it has me thinking, you know,
0: we have, like the old school knowledge that says, you know, missed them all the time, and then you have the new school train of thought that says we don't need to be missing them at all. And I'm starting to think it needs to be kind of a combination of the two. Yeah, like I do agree. miss, just don't miss twice a day, you know, five days a week or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think are... you
3: you have to you have to have a methodology, right? Mm-hmm. That you know they're not in the wild, and you have to be very careful with you know, the, the captive conditions, because you can overdo it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can create a swamp in there. And, you know, I, I also wonder, too, how much of the, the issues that people have had in the past are convoluted with, you know, like NIDO, and things like that, where, um, you know, you've, you've created a condition where that virus has a chance to to take hold, mm-hmm. and become symptomatic. And, Whereas if you, if you have healthy animals that are NIDO free and you, uh, for instance, like what I would like to do is rather than removing the animals, I, I, I'm leaning more towards kind of like what you're doing, Luke, in that, uh, I'm, I'm rebuilding my, my room. And one of the things I would like to do is incorporate, uh, a misting system, but it's something that's only going to be used like once a week where, Mm -hmm. um, I would, uh, choose to to run it for like an hour on a given night to do exactly what you're doing but um just have it so that it's plumbed into every yeah and just drains out somewhere yeah Mm -hmm. it just drains out yeah 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 that would be the either
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and then i I think you're safe you know i think you're totally safe Mm if you do it that way because you're not you're not doing it every day and you're you're allowing the animals to um, dry out and get up to a, a good temperature, and then you know, once a week or whatever, you give them a really good soak, which I think they they benefit from.
0: Yeah, I bet you um, mean, just in hydration alone, I think you yeah, because I've seen my females. Snakes. Yeah,
3: I've I've seen my females um, actively drink for a really long period of time when they're mm-hmm. in the rain chamber, and and I'm I'm I make a point to make sure that they have clean cold water like every other day. So it's not like they're they're missing out on on quality water. Yeah. And it's just uh-huh. that when that that rain's
1: hitting their body, they it's it's a trigger.
2: Mm-hmm. You yeah, they know what to do. Mhm.
1: Yeah, mine cuz I only really have to use it with one female that I have. But I mean, she's gotten to the point where she won't even usually um she won't even like release any urates. So sometimes I will have to put her in the chamber and there won't even be any feces, but can tell she's just filled with urates cuz she's drinking so much, but won't even let those go. Yep. unless I put her in the chamber, which is just crazy to me. Hmm. Her, what's
0: her your of, what's your chamber like, Luke? What are you using?
1: Oh, so mine is pretty simple. I just have a really big plastic tub. And then I just use those uh, perches that David made for the um twelve by like eighteen by nine Canberra uh-huh. tubs. And I just throw that in there. Now the only thing that I do differently that I would not recommend is I tried to i had a miss king a while ago and like i'm currently living in um pretty far away from home and i don't have any tools so i didn't want to do the miss king where you kind of have to like build your own bucket um so i tried to save a little money and bought that repti monsoon thing Mm -hmm. have you guys ever seen that yeah i was actually
0: curious about that i was wondering if i for some reason i thought you had mentioned trying one out yeah is it
1: yeah, it's totally a piece of crap. Especially, I don't know, I had a Miss King when I had a Panther a while ago. Mm-hmm. And the Miss King is literally, It's. I think they're only like maybe 20 or $30 more. And it is definitely worth every penny. I mean, what happens with the monsoon is the the motor will burn out if you run it too long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, and I don't know if you've noticed this, David, but at least with mine, when I first started doing the Rain Chambers 2, maybe the first few times it took like 40 minutes but it seems like every time it just gets it used to be 15 and now it's down to five and I just put them in there and they just go. Now they know the drill.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So yeah, um, I've seen similar things for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So it does seem like they kind of understand like, like here, here's a good time. Here's my opportunity. I don't know what it is that's going through their head, but yep. they definitely kind of get used to it. But um, when I was had to do those kind of long sessions, that Repty Monsoon would, the motor would kind of burn out. I'd have to unplug it and let it sit for like five minutes, cool off, and then plug it back in. Uh, so
0: yeah, I, would, I mean, it's probably not made to be it. able to crank out that much water for that long. It's probably meant to mm-hmm. be like a two minutes, you know, a couple times a day for like a dart frog tank or something, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. But if I could go back in time, um, right, when I have a little
0: extra cash, I definitely would invest in the Mist King. Because I was going to look at just something, you know, a little budget one to try out. Basically taking one of those big, gigantic, like... The hand pumps, but not the handheld ones, the ones that actually have, like, the reservoir and the hose that goes to the long wand. Taking Mm -hmm. one of those and adjusting it, like, building it into the lid of a tub. And then, because they have the little locks on them, so you can lock the handle down so it continues to spray. And just kind of pumping it and just kind of hanging out while that's doing its thing.
3: I know uh, when I first posted, you know, the rain chamber stuff. There are a few people who, who definitely started trying it, and they did just that, and mm-hmm. they seem to have pretty good luck with it. Um, I I found from my own my my own personal use that the ability to set it up and to put her in there and then just walk away and work on other things, yeah, um, I, just the convenience of having an actual misting system was well worth it for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, as far as w- what water are you guys using? Is it? It's not. Is it tap? Is it like purified yeah. reverse osmosis? Because y'all no, know I just that's, use tap. that's something I'm I'm particularly interested in, just with my given experience with distilled water versus purified and other stuff in the mm-hmm. past. So I'm always wondering what kind of water people are using.
1: Yeah, I threw, again. <laughs> Shout out Brita. But I just... You, know,
0: <laughs> you know those Brita filters Dude. that can
1: actually hook onto the, the faucet itself? Yeah. So I just have one of those now, and I'll just fill up that bucket and just have a temp gun while I'm filling it up and kind of adjust the hot water as mm-hmm. I do that. And um, what's cool about those two, I've even used those for spraying now. I mean, that filter makes it so it doesn't leave any residue like
0: on yeah, a cage. Yeah, that's the so. big thing too, especially I think with Miss Kings and especially those monsoons, is if you mm-hmm. have really hard water... Yeah, it will like it'll kill Kurig, the coffee cup coffee makers. Yeah, mm-hmm. long enough times that build up if it sits there long enough and you run enough water through it, it'll ruin that machine.
3: Yeah, you're gonna mm-hmm. kill those nozzles for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and I will say too that the nozzles on the Miss King are much better than the Monsoon. Thanks <laughs> for reminding me, but I hate the nozzles on the Monsoon. They're definitely not as like wide and as good as those Miss King nozzles
0: too. And how do you have the the nozzles for the mist king attached to the tub?
3: Um, well, the Camro has a a really it has a rigid lid,
2: mm-hmm.
3: a really sturdy lid, and all I did was I just drilled holes that were big enough to accommodate the the diameter of the nozzle, and um, you know they're they're manufactured to mount in something uh, like that, mm-hmm. and uh, so it just kind of sandwiches the the lid. And, uh, I have them on, uh, each, uh, far end of the tub facing each other so that when they're on, um, the entire tub is seeing, uh, mist. And so I know that the animal is receiving it. And, um, and then what happens too, is the, the mist, the way the nozzles are set up, the, the mist will hit the lid of the tub and kind of accumulate and then drip
2: uh, from
3: there so it, it does that too
2: mm-hmm.
3: um but lately kind of like what luke was saying it, it, i get the response that i need so quick that oftentimes that stuff doesn't even really have time to to build up like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and you can adjust the the actual nozzle itself just like you would a spray bottle right
3: um i i think you can but i i haven't i i just do a very fine mist um you know that was one of the things in that other the other podcast where uh, Steve was talking about how he experimented with different types of nozzles, and he found uh, that for emeralds at least that like larger droplets of water uh, got a much better response for him than a fine mist. Mm-hmm. And he said that the emeralds seem agitated by the fine mist, but. Um, what I've been getting from the, the mist King is a, a very fine mist, but the, the green trees don't seem particularly perturbed by it at all. Um, you know, it, it hits them and they're just like, okay, well, whatever. I'm getting rained on and um, they don't freak out. And uh, oftentimes they'll sit uh, in the same spot for, for a while, um, you know, before they'll, they'll start doing stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't found a need to change it or experiment much.
0: Now, have you, have either of you done it? Are you just doing it with your older animals or have you had done it with neonates or yearlings?
3: Yeah, it's all, as soon as they get to that point where they're not going on a very regular basis, that's when I
1: start using the rain chamber. So like after a year or two old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting at that point right now with some of my babies are like, oh God. You're gonna need the rain chamber. I can tell. Yeah. You guys are. You're gonna be one of those. <laughs> I, there's like there's one in particular where I'm like, oh, you're gonna be a little problem child. I can I can see her right now. You don't like to go to the bathroom on your own. Yeah.
0: That's you know, the least kind of, the, of the, his problems, though. Like if if you're comparing him to my problem child, like, yeah, going to the groups. bathroom ain't the problem. He's just he's he's an ass and he he's a disaster.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, you can definitely kind of like you said, or right around a year, you can kind of see him. Who's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, one of those ones is going to maybe need it a little bit more. Yep. Have you uh, have you found that it's been
3: pretty pretty consistent that those are always the females?
1: Um, I don't know the sex on these ones. The only ones I've ever had any issues with, though, are the females. Yep. So Same I've never here. had any issue with the males at all, period. Um, I do have the one older female. She's about seven now um, who laid the clutch. And I will say she hated the rain chamber oh, i mean,
0: really?
1: yeah. she, oh she freaked out so maybe i should try the larger droplets with her or something
2: yeah but Oh, i like one of them
0: i like the idea of pointing the nozzles to the lid and then making those like that's you're making larger drops by just doing that yeah mm-hmm. like that's smart
1: yeah but again you know they're all individuals so with her i do that uh that i think buddy buscemi mentioned it on gtp keeper radio where i just pull out the perches get the cage a little moist and she cruises around all night and she'll just go that way. Um, but besides that, yeah, I mean, all of them use the rain chamber and they're, they're good to go. Or yeah. just kill one female. Yeah. I think no, that's a good
3: point, Luke, that, you know, I think it's important for anybody that's considering doing this. You, you have to read your own individual animals, you know, just because my experience is that none of them seem to mind. It doesn't mean that you're going to have the same experience. So, you know, you definitely have to, play it by ear and see if it's going to work for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, I mean, only females, I've never even thought about putting one of my males in the rain chamber because like they just don't need it. They're right. fine. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yep. again, like you said, case by case basis, you know, and
0: that would line sure. up too with their natural behavior. Cause more males are much more mobile than females are. So yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. females are a lot more stationary. So it makes sense. And I don't know, maybe once we, get to that. We know more. And we get to that point with some of the younger animals we can tell, you know, Oh yeah, that's going to be a female mm-hmm. cause it doesn't ever go to the bathroom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, David, do you <clears throat> do rain chamber sessions when you're doing that kind of summertime fast or are you almost doing like it's a dry season, no food, no one's moving around?
3: Yeah, exactly. So
1: I, I definitely,
3: um, am only utilizing it when I'm actively feeding the, the girls so uh like during the the summer months here where i wasn't feeding them i uh i didn't bother doing rain chambers and uh what's interesting too is you know they had two and a half three months uh with no food and before i i kicked off the feeding cycle uh i i tried doing a rain chamber session with each of the girls and um the ones that did go, uh, the amount that they expelled was so small it was ridiculous, and it was mostly just really just urates,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: um, and they dropped like next to nothing for weight during that time period, which it just it's I think is really cool because mm-hmm. they are just so good at uh, you know storing that energy and and not wasting away that it just reinforces the fact that. You know uh you, you gotta be really careful how much you're feeding these guys because they they metabolize so efficiently um that they don't need as much as you think and yeah. um you know so yeah there's some people that would disagree with that what's
0: that so there's some people that would disagree with that yeah <laughs> yes sir. <Ooh>. yeah <laughs> yep
3: um, you know, one of the things I want to mention, too, uh, just along the lines of like uh, sanitation and that sort of thing. Um, one of the things that I make sure I do uh, when I'm done using the rain chambers, obviously, I'm going to sterilize that box um, in the perps that's in it. But also the, the Mist King system, too. I don't mm-hmm. allow that to sit with water in it. Uh, so the moment that I'm done with it. The five-gallon bucket is drained, and I also drain all of the uh, the lines that go to the nozzles, and mm-hmm. I'll drain the pump too. So you know, standing water is is a no-no, particularly if you're going to let it sit for weeks at a time. That may introduce something to your animal that you don't want. So you just want to make sure that um, you know you clean the system out and just let it dry. Um, and then, at least my experience so far has been that I've had zero issues with it.
0: Cool. And so you're you're just letting it sit out to dry or could is it bad to run the unit without water going through it?
3: I I don't think it's um a good idea to run it for an extended period of time, but what I do is I'll disconnect the the lines and I'll bleed them so that they're they're not holding water anymore. Oh, okay. And then the pump itself, mm-hmm. I'll have it running for 30 seconds or so. And I'll, I'll drain the pump out itself because there's usually a decent amount of water that's left within there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then, yeah, it's fine. I think they're rated to actually be able to run if, you know, your reservoir did run out of water.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, you
3: know, that's one of the the things about the Miss King system. It, it's a quality system and I think they, they kind of thought those things through. Um, So, you know, running it for 20 seconds, whatever, is definitely not going to hurt it.
0: And have you done it with gravid females?
3: Uh, I have. Yeah, absolutely. And the same results? The girl last year, yeah. Um, Last year, um, actually, so when I say gravid, it's up until the point where they stop feeding. Um, And what I did was... they were getting, she was getting a very regular session up until that point. And then like a week or two before I was expecting her to lay eggs, uh, I did give her a rain chamber session and she did clear out. Um, and, and I found that that's probably a really good thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. so that the path is clear when it comes to egg laying, you don't want any excess mass down there to, to prevent that process. So, um, you know, either a good soak or a rain chamber or a week or two before egg laying is is probably really beneficial. Let alone just the extra hydration that you've given her. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't worry about it, you know, disrupting the process at all, and it and it didn't.
0: And you did it? Did you? You just did it for the same amount of time that you did any other day?
3: Yep. It was just any other normal rain chamber session. Yep.
0: Okay. Another something to consider. Yeah. I mean, that's a good. That's clearing clearing clear them out ahead of time is that's definitely a, a good idea.
1: Yeah, I think a yeah, so.
3: little,
1: little insurance policy. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think they do I mean, I think it works way better than soaking, like you said. I mean I soaked my female before thing and, you know, it does seem like they drink a lot more and they I don't know, they they I don't know. I think they like the rain chamber. I don't know if like's the right word. But I don't know. I think it's just
0: moving or running water, you know, because soaking is fine and all, but if they're not drinking and they're not doing anything else, then you're kind of just wasting your time, I think. True. Yeah. They're just
1: trying to get out the tub the whole time. The
0: only time I've soaked mine is when they're, you know, they had a horrendous shed or something. Mm -hmm. And their only concern was just getting out of that damn thing. They didn't, they didn't want any part in it. Yeah. I mean,
3: the way I looked at it was that, you know, soaking will definitely get the desired result, but it's not, um, something that they would necessarily really experience in the wild. They're not going to be soaking in a body of water, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. whereas they are getting rained on, on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. you you know, they're, they're getting exposed to it. It's
2: the
0: path of least resistance. Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, I even think
1: now that I, I've been, like I said earlier, I've been kind of missing on a regular basis, but I think what's kind of like also interesting is you saying you're not doing your like rain chamber when you're doing that fasting period. So like, I don't know, probably if you are missing on a regular basis when you're doing a fasting period, I think that is also how you could maybe end up, you know, kind of in a bad situation where you're making your animals move around more. You know, mm-hmm. they're not getting any food. It's kind of they, their body might think it's that active period. And then you're not giving them any food. So I think maybe, I don't know, higher humidity when there's lots of food. I think you're kind of doing that double whammy now, David, where there's yeah. no food, there's no water, and then all of a sudden it's raining, they're yeah, moving around, but they're eating a lot of food, and it's just, you know, I think that's probably exactly what's happening out there, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully we'll
3: get the same results this year. So I'm just going to try and repeat everything the exact same way and
0: see what happens.
2: Yeah,
3: you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Exactly. Yep. David, yep. are you weighing your adults regularly? No. Okay, because no. you had mentioned that they fasted I haven't and then. In a long
3: time, except for this last round, just because, um, yeah, I was curious with that extended period of time without food. Uh, you know, uh, are they going to drop a lot of weight? tell no. Um, I I'm not who actively um like handles these animals. Mm I, I, more for looking at, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I don't like holding them. I don't think they really enjoy it. Um, but I, I do like looking at them, but you know, you could tell immediately when you, you pick the animal, you know, you take the perch out of the enclosure with the animal on it, there should be some weight there. You know, Mm -hmm. you should be able to, to sense that this animal has some mass and you know, when something's off, when you pick them up um that they feel lighter than than they should be and um you know these girls when when i took them out uh last week it was like you know you were picking up a brick so they were <laughs> you know they they uh it's just, it's incredible that they just mm-hmm. they don't drop weight fast at all as long as they're healthy
1: yeah, especially. Have you ever had them when they're on like one like polar end of the perch and it's like a club where you're yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. it's a workout. <laughs> like, wow, like, I did not expect it to be this heavy. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, I'll
3: add a, just a couple other observations. I don't know if you've noticed this, Luke, when when you're doing it, but um, if somebody tries this and and they don't get the result that they're looking for, I have found that if the animal is going into a shed cycle, um, they won't go until oh. that shed cycle is done.
2: Agreed. Um,
0: I don't even do the they, rain chambers and I noticed that.
3: Yeah. I mean, if, if they're at all heading into that cycle, I, I never get them to to defecate during that time period. They, mm-hmm. they only will do it after the shed cycle is done. And then the, the other thing that I've noticed is that because I'm doing it in the middle of the day when they're, they're in deep sleep at that point in time. Um, sometimes, but not always, um, you know, I have to wake them up a little bit um, in order for them to, to kind of realize what's going on. Um, so that, you know, if you put them in and, and nothing's happening after 10, 15 minutes, it's okay to, to go in there and pick them up, wake them up a little bit, put them back in. And usually when I do that, it's like within the next five minutes or so, um, you know, I get the result that I was looking for.
1: Oh, really? You could slap them around a little bit? It's like, hey, yeah, a little bit. That's <laughs> Wait, funny. I've, <laughs> I've never had to do that <laughs> yet. But I have, it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never even tried one, put, putting one in a rain chamber before a shed cycle, just because I know they usually, sometimes if I'm lucky, they'll automatically go on their own when they shed. So it's kind of like right after they shed, yeah. I'll throw them in there if they haven't gone on their own kind of thing. Same here, Yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've never tried that. I'd be like, come on, dude, just wait until it's finished shedding. <laughs> Give me a few days.
0: And on a semi-related note, I know I asked you all this at some point, but what do you do? you all feed when they go into a shed cycle or no? Because I'm kind of weird about it. Like, I, I prefer to wait until they've shed before I offer them food again. But mm-hmm. I, I don't – I don't, it's, I don't know what it is. To me, it just seems like it prolongs the whole cycle. Like, it takes them longer to shed because it's almost like they put it on pause, digest the food, then they shed. Uh, at least with some of the older animals. Like, some of the neonates and stuff, they don't seem to care. You feed them, they'll shed the next day. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the older animals, it's almost like they literally just stop in the middle of the shed cycle. You know, they turn blue and then they clear up. And then if you feed them when they're in blue... It takes them an extra week to shed. I don't know if you guys have noticed that in your stuff at all or not, but yeah, I mean, made me weird about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I've just never done it, just because when I worked at that community college, our teacher was like, "Nope, don't feed them in shed, just skip a meal." I've always figured uh, I can't. What's what's the damage if I just miss a few days? Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: I mean, I'm definitely not like, oh, you should never feed them. I mean,
2: I've
1: I've never heard anything bad about it. I've just always kind of skipped it. And I have, there has been a few times where I've had some adults, like one of my, my adult male, like one of them, like one time I didn't notice he was going in a shed and I really kind of had to tease feed him, which was super abnormal for him.
0: Yeah, them. I noticed a few of them too, like they, they're, they don't uh-huh. seem to be as in the mood to food, to, exactly. to eat as, as they usually are.
1: So yeah, mm-hmm. my only kind of logic is they're probably not eating, they're probably hiding somewhere when they're in a shed cycle, you know, kind of just staying out of trouble, so to speak, but um. But i definitely don't think there's like i've never heard of anyone feeding a snake and then it's like dies because they fed it in a shed or anything crazy like i just that. worry I just like i hate
0: that, that it prolongs it i hate that it draws out the whole process because then i worry about okay well then there's a few extra days for you know hydration to drop a little bit and then and then they have a bad shed and it's because i just didn't want to wait an extra yeah you know week to feed
3: mm-hmm. i i don't think there's any real need to to feed them when it when they're going through a shed cycle i I have done it, uh, only because, you know, I, I bought out a bunch of rodents, you know, uh, to, to get everybody fed and then realize that, oh, this one is going into a shed cycle. Oh, and I didn't I really realize it. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's during the breeding cycle, when I'm, when I'm hitting the females hard with food, I'll go ahead and offer that to her anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she's in a shed and, and they are You know, last year they were just voracious in in that time period. So I was like, you know, you want it, you can have it. And Mm -hmm. I, I've never had an issue um, when, when they've been offered food during the shed cycle. So I don't worry about it, but it's not something that I'm like, you know, it's not something that happens very often. Uh, But if it does happen, I've never had a problem.
0: It took me a few times to to be smart when I'm feeding everything, not even just the chondros, but all the rat snakes and stuff. It's like, go through and look at everybody before you thaw out mice, because mm-hmm. there's yeah. been so many times <laughs> where I was like, damn, this thing's in blue, and it ain't even going to eat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the brettles is getting extra mice tonight, because those are my disposals. Yep. Anything's left so cool. over it goes to the brettles. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you say that about the females, too, because, I mean, my female, she flipped a switch. I've never seen her eat like that during that season before where, you know, someone got turned on in a mother. Like you said, she's absolutely voracious. I mean, she'd fly across the cage at a mouse. You usually have to put it right in front of her nose. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. The switch definitely gets turned on, which is also really cool to see.
0: And is that the same female you're planning on pairing up? Yeah, The, the same girl. Yeah.
1: She's bigger this year way bigger so i don't know again like you said i'm kind of nervous she might just like break that tiny little net but we'll
0: (laughs) we'll see Uh, i'm still man none of these neonates from you are turning green it's only that one so far what the hell is going on like i'm so curious as to what triggers that like, right? I wondered if it's like if it's a UV thing, if there's some sort of like vitamin that like from UV or something that just triggers it, and then they're like, okay, it's time to be green. It's... Well, I was
1: reading one of those papers, I think there are a bunch on the GTKP
0: GTP,
2: mm-hmm.
1: GTP Keeper website, and um, I think they did find that it was closely correlated with size. But I also also think that once you start doing these kind of designers where you're mixing up and essentially making hybrids, you know, maybe that's why we see, like, some of those really funky ones that take a long time and aren't as predictable. You know what I mean? So I'm just
0: waiting for the morning I open up those tubs and those things are completely changed. Like, they had been that way the entire time.
1: Oh, it happened so quick. That was the surprising part. Because, again, I haven't bought a yellow Neo ever. These, You know, those were the only ones I hatched, where those reds, you know, they take forever. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was like the stripe was purple one day. A few days later, it kind of had a green tint, and then, boom, solid green.
2: <laughs> I was like, wow,
1: that was easy.
0: <laughs> like, it's at a point where I've had these for so long. Seeing them green is going to be odd. Like, I'm right? so used to weird. them being yellow. then seeing them many other ways is going to be like, what is happening? <laughs> How yeah, old
1: are no, they now? <laughs> they're probably about a year and a half, maybe a little bit older. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I they, were, they, definitely...
0: they were May babies last year, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I definitely took kind of my sweet time um, getting them started. Kind of had that attitude, like, ah, oh, they'll eat, they'll eat. And none of them wanted to eat on their own except for, like, two. And then I did start feeding them uh, tails, but they def- I definitely waited longer than I would next time. So... They for sure are a little smaller than probably most other ones their age. But that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. They're catching up. Yeah, I'm looking at my my one, the ones that I hatched, and then the one that David sent me the other day, and I'm like, these things are only there's only a difference of I think a month or two between them. I'm like, man, his are way like this one's way bigger than mine. What the hell? So I need to Were start. Yours? Go ahead. I said I need to start but uh, beefing mine up, start getting mm-hmm. some small fuzzies in them or something.
3: That, mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. I, you know, it was right after that podcast that we did with Ryan Young. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I don't need to have these on pinkies that long. So I just switched them over to fuzzies almost immediately after that. And I, you know, it's definitely a,
1: a lot more nutrition
3: when you, you bump
1: up to those. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and I mean, I know we're all scared of them prolapsing, but I, I think the same thing too. Where I was like, these things are pretty small and finally said you know i'm gonna feed them some bigger meals (laughs) and like they can take it you'd be surprised you know i was like pretty hesitant you know what i mean i always wanted to play on the safe side because i was so scared but a few of them you're like wow good job (laughs)
0: you know i've been scoring all of my mice with the exacto knife pretty much the last Mm -hmm. couple weeks and i'm anxious with whatever next clutch i produce i'm gonna i'm gonna split it up and do some that i do that with and some that i don't and see how that kind of pans out over the first couple weeks because I'm, I'm curious and Justin Wilbanks is curious as far as the results of that or maybe it was Brian Fisher I was talking to but either way uh, I think it makes a difference you know it takes an extra five seconds to just make some you know four slices um, mm-hmm. perpendicular to the the like the axis of the mouse uh, and I you know whether it works or not I we're gonna I think it does I think they spend a lot of energy just trying to get through the skin digestive uh processes why um mm-hmm. yeah
3: hey Justin do you ever like have try explaining this stuff to like non snake <laughs> friends
0: no cuz i don't no <laughs> one's ever really around when i'm doing it you know
3: yeah They're like you do what like, why mm-hmm. do you why do
0: you have an exacto knife in your <laughs> in your pen uh pen jar and i'm like oh i use that to cut mice <laughs> They're dead when I do it. I don't do it to live animals. That's the first thing I'm always. I was gonna do a YouTube video about it, but I was like, "Man, this thing's gonna get flagged in an instant because people are gonna think I'm doing it to live mice." <laughs> and there's gonna be some sick bastard somewhere that probably would. Yep. <clears throat> yep.
1: You no, know, I have to. I have to shut it down at parties. I have to rem- remind myself. I'm like, no one cares.
2: No one yep. cares. They're no one take it out, out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's pretty funny. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting, but, I mean, you'd have to wait, right, to get the whole clutch onto, like, fuzzies, right? I mean, that's when it would start making a difference, right? You'd have to – or, like, hoppers.
0: I don't yeah. know. No, I don't think it would make – I think even with pinkies, you know, I think it just it gives them easier access to the, the nutrients and stuff they need rather than spending all their, their energy trying to just get through the skin to the stuff they need. Yeah. So, it, to me, it's like an escape hatch of sorts, you know, where they can mm-hmm. just – they can get right to what they need to and not spend as much uh, metabolically on, on trying to get through the skin.
1: It's like you're pre-chewing their food. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, poking holes in a hot dog. Before yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's where my mind went, right? away.
2: Like, mm. yeah.
0: And like I said, it's not like labor-intensive. It takes an extra two seconds. Score yeah. it real quick, offer it to them. You know, if it works, cool. If it doesn't, then whatever. I'm not out a bunch of time wasted. Mm-hmm. So, I, think hey, that,
3: just I think I'm sorry, go
0: ahead I, said, I think that, that Corn Snake article that that whole sort of theory originated I think the, like, the sample size was small but I think the results were pretty drastic to where it's kind of hard to say that that isn't the case that doing that helps growth uh, and I don't so know no, if y'all read over it or not, sense, but though, it? it does it does mm-hmm. to me
2: yeah
0: <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't read that paper.
1: I got to read it. I know you sent it, but I've been so busy. But did they did they run it through a statistical analysis and like say it was different? Do
0: you know? Well, they did a handful. They did like they had a, a group that did. They got mice that didn't have any cuts. They had a group that had mice that had like one cut. They had a group that had two or three or four, and they found the the group that had I think three or four cuts per feeding were the ones that had like just an outrageous growth rate. I want to say it was like twenty percent. Faster, or higher than the rest of the uh, other groups. Wow! But it was a sample size that was fairly small. But like I said, the, yeah. the results were so drastic; it's kind of hard to be like, "Yeah, this is this is legit" or "Isn't legit." Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but cool. I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, I, yeah, I even yeah. do it for the adults. You know, I do it for the the bigger stuff. I do it for the boiga, I do it for the rat snakes. I do it for all of it. Yeah. And you've never yeah,
1: had I- a guts all over the bottom of your cage or anything like
0: that no not yet there's been a few chondros that they get pretty messy uh where they just it's a bloodbath but oh really no and that's that's always my biggest concern especially with the big female bioc because I'm like man she's gonna squeeze this thing and it's just gonna pop oh, gonna, yeah uh, but no issues so far fingers crossed because I don't want to have to clean that up and dodge her while I'm doing it
1: mm-hmm
0: Ever since oh, she laid man she's just psychotic and I think it's just she's just food crazy all the time now yeah like they don't come back from from laying
1: she didn't switch off afterward because mine mine definitely did she was crazy before and when she laid but afterwards she was totally fine but you're she's still still angry as hell
0: no yeah like I said I mean she's she's just I think she's just food crazy because once I get her out she's pretty mellow. But if I'm walking around the room, she's staring at me ready to go. And if hey. I open that door, man, she she almost got me in the chest a couple weeks ago. She came very well, it, well, close. Yeah, she. I mean, she was in the back of the cage, and she she reached out, and she almost got me. I was like, holy crap, you forget how far their reach is sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. It's unreal. Well, I've actually been trying to help the this. Oh, this is going to sound totally... Since we're just talking about crazy things we do for our snakes. <laughs> anyway... I'm just going to throw this because this is something I've been trying to do. Um, it is pretty weird, but I took a zoo bio and research class where they t- talk about, you know, actually building scientific projects in zoos, in like a zoo setting with captive animals to improve welfare. Mm-hmm. And one thing they, the, throughout the course is a lot of times that leads to captive animals to frustration is unclear signals. Right. So. If, you know, if you see a keeper and you think you're getting food, but that keeper is just walking by because something else, the animal is going to walk up to the cage, think it's going to get food, not get food, and then eventually get frustrated, right? Mm. So, what can, like, you know, reduce a lot of these really clear signals for when things are going to happen. And, like, I have two snakes, El Jefe, one of them, like, just... If it's nighttime and I open the tub, walk by the cage, starts striking, gets excited, especially if I start opening other tubs Mm -hmm. where like that's usually what I'm doing when I'm feeding, they just, they get on edge. And I was trying to feed, you know, figure out a way to give a clear signal. This is like food time. You know what I mean? And like a lot of other animals, you know, you can do a clicker, right? Because they have ears, but snakes don't have ears. So like, how can you communicate to a snake? Like, I'm going to feed you right now. Right. So Believe it or not, I talked with my teacher and I have a flashlight with a a piece of black instruction tape around it. And I pointed at the individual cage and I've been trying to flash it three times, like one, two, three. And I pull them out and I feed them. And I just started that like two weeks ago. But we'll see, you know, so how do you, you know. Oh, that's interesting. So maybe if there's a way you could like, you know, let her know this is the only this is what happens every time before you get fed. That's how, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. you yeah. eventually get a calmer snake. So I totally feel batshit crazy doing it. But, no, you know, dude. You, you got to give it a try. Can't sometimes. discredit that's it until we know yeah. for
2: sure.
3: Got to experiment. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I mean, the people do, it, right?
0: people do like hook training, you know, I say training, quote unquote, uh, with a lot of carpets and stuff. Cause when you first open the tub, most carpets are like, oh, snap, I'm getting fed. And so you have to go in there, tap them with a hook somewhere on the body, or I usually just kind of tap them on the nose very gently. And you Mm -hmm. can tell, like, instantly, like, that reaction of I'm getting food is gone. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the brettles especially. Yeah, and the brettles are super mellow. But I still sometimes, like, I open that tub and you can see them. They're like, oh, there's heat. You know, I'm going for it. And so I'll Mm -hmm. have to, you know, take the hook, just tap them with it, and then they're fine. It's just that initial response is so strong. You know, you got to kind of, quote, unquote, yank the leash a little bit. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Maybe give it a try. Help me out. See if you notice anything, too. (laughs) Flash them with a light.
0: (laughs) Crazy stuff. I think they're smarter than we give them credit for. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, not on, like, an emotional, like, they feel sorrow and depression, but just...
3: Yeah, there's more going on in there, I
0: think. Yeah. Yeah. You don't survive as long as they have without being at least a little smart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As, and i mean they do pick up on things i mean like i said that those tubs opening and closing that usually does mean food mm-hmm. and they yep. know it you know what i mean so they they do kind of can they can pick up it definitely is harder for them right because we're feeding them a lot less and stuff like that to really kind of instill those things but i think they pick up on it for sure
0: of course i say that and then i think you know one of the chondros tomorrow will do something so stupid that i'm like how are you how, how is your kind still on this planet yeah
3: how do you survive exactly
0: that's i feel like i said that every time problem child did something dumb yeah i'm like how are you alive this is a miracle but he's still here right he is still here he's in a shed cycle right now too so
1: he's not giving up he's not going anywhere
3: huh Hey, I got a question for you guys, kind of looping back on the rain chamber discussion a little bit. Have you ever had any uh, of your females um, uh, tail hang?
0: Nope.
1: Mhm. Um. It's weird. I have the one, the adult female, she tail hangs. And it doesn't matter. You know, I know people say cooler temps, you know, bring back food. Now, it's not like I've seen some pictures where it's like you know, like, a good, like, one-third of their body, and you're like, oh, God. But um, she definitely kind of tails hangs. And um, even after she bred, she'll kind of let it hang a little bit. And I think I tried not feeding her for four months. I kept her around, like, the hot side 84. Yeah. And, you know, still does it, you know? Yeah. it's just, like, that's that's who she is, you know? And yeah, sometimes it does seem like she's fallen asleep and kind of just loosened her grip where it's not <laughs> even hanging him down straight (laughs) but like the tail still kind of the side and like still flexed a little bit but it's just not wrapped around the perch yeah so it's almost like a weird kind of thing but uh yeah she still does it but she is the only one who I have to do that
0: yeah I'll, Um, I'll rephrase mine like my female I remember I recall her doing it significantly once but it was only for probably a couple hours that night because I went to bed saw her doing it and then the next day she she went and she was fine yeah. Mm-hmm. but I've never had it, had, had one do it for an extended period of time.
3: Yeah. That, I had one female that started doing it, which is, if I think back was really one of the reasons why I started doing the rain chamber because, um, I was doing the way I was maintaining them was I was feeding them very infrequently with the thought that I'm not going to keep feeding them until they go. Um, but then I, I found that, the females would just go for a couple months before yep. they may go. And um, this one female, she started hanging her tail and she was obviously uh, backed up. And so I just started, you know, doing the rain chamber to, to clear them out on a more regular, more frequent schedule. And I found that when I started doing that with her on a regular basis, that that tail hanging went away. So as long as, you know, she isn't constipated, she I think it's easier for her to maintain a proper perching posture. I, I'm not sure how else to say it, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, she I think she's more comfortable and doesn't have all that excess water and waste uh, in the hind end to try and keep up on the perch. And uh, as long as I keep that cleared out on a regular basis, she doesn't do it anymore.
1: Yeah, no, and like you said, I mean, there was something, there was one. I mean, El Jefe, I mean, if I would not feed her for months if I wasn't using a rain chamber, I mean, she'd be so tiny right now. You know what I mean? They just will not let it go. And you're like, I can see it right there. Like, just push it out. (laughs) They they refuse. So, yeah, I agree 100% with that.
0: How old is El Jefe now? Um, She will
1: be technically four. In, like, February.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, like, three and a half.
0: And how's that still, How's that male from Irby doing? Oh, they're both good.
1: I got two of them.
0: Oh, did you and, get two of them? Well, the, well, rec- the one. recent one.
1: The recent one's really good. He's warming up. So, it's funny. I, I haven't had a snake, like, well, I don't know, maybe just now. Because I haven't bought one in a while. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten a new one in in a long time. But uh, he was the first one where I could really tell, like, shipping freaked him out like he just you know he he, it would take a lot of tease feeding even though he was like a year old and then he'd hit it and like wrap the mouse and then instantly let go and look right back at me and he was definitely kind of just like whoa what happened but he settled in now even like a champ and i mean it wasn't like it affected him at all but you could tell he was just kind of nervous and it was like what the fuck but, uh, I
0: don't think that'll be an issue with the one I'm sending you.
1: Cool, yeah. If no, it's I anything mean, it like
0: David's <laughs> or, or <laughs> Brian Fisher's, Brian Fisher got his ye- Tuesday yesterday, and he mm-hmm. sent me a picture of it eating that night.
2: Sweet.
1: Yeah. I so, mean, it ate the first time and everything, but it definitely was has just been very shy, mm-hmm. and timid. I'd open yeah. up the tub, and it kind of hiss at me. And it's it's now finally starting. Like I open up the tub, and it's giving me that like feed me look after a little while. So it, it's all good. And I mean, it's just, it's such an awesome stink and it's just such a different blue yeah. than anything. I, have. I I it's need like to this... see
0: it in person, man. It's just, I feel yeah. like pictures you can't fully grasp, like what is going on with that thing until you see it. Firsthand. It's
1: crazy. It's like this cool, like minty chocolate chip blue. T- I can't even describe it. It's weird. Uh, but, um, yeah, but I think it'll even get better and better as it gets older. And, um, it's pretty cool too because it just has, I love it when they have that like bone white ventral scales,
0: <laughs> you
1: know, mm-hmm. you know, you're just yeah. like, that is cool looking, especially like right under the chin and stuff. So uh, that's what it's got. And it does have a few white scales on it. And that's the first thing I've ever had with any white scales. And I definitely got to admit, I think I was sleeping on the whole Aru thing. I'm like, oh, these these white scales kick ass. <laughs> so. Definitely like to get uh, some conjos with
0: some more white on it down the line. I was flipping through Facebook earlier, man. That clutch that Francis uh, Gatton, Gatton produced—those yeah, uber dark, dark, dark babies, babies. dude. Mm-hmm. Those things are hardcore. Like the eyes, is, like are almost. Wow. Yeah, you can't even dis- like. There's no differentiation between those and the body. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. the whole thing's just uniform, and it's it's it really trips me out because those are just
3: incredible. At first, I was like, does that thing even have eyes? Yeah. I <laughs> have <to plant>
1: that? <laughs> yeah. There's some cool stuff. It's too tempting. It hurts my wallet sometimes. I'm
0: yeah. Like, I gotta I'm, get
1: out. I gotta get out of
0: here. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring up what the pairing was because I'm curious. I forget what it was off the top of my head. It was his uh, Celio to
1: signal
3: her one
0: Yep. Boom! Look at that. Right
1: from the hit,
3: ah, oh, shots. The... <laughs> Dad, look at that Facebook. <laughs> oh, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just,
0: that whole clutch is just absolutely nuts. But that, Listen, like, a, I
2: don't
3: know about you guys, but. Finally getting you know a clutch and going through that process is that's like the coolest stuff ever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. can't wait. I can't wait to do it again.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. can't either. And I I know I'm not gonna sleep on Chick-Scent next time either.
1: No, mm-hmm.
0: I'm not gonna waste my time with all the other bullshit. Like first food, it's gonna have down on it. Not wasting. Yeah, actually, not wasting time. I think
1: I was gonna ask you that, David. How did it go? Because I mean, those are well. Wait, no, never mind. They both on F ones. Um, but I mean, were they pretty easy to get going yours or
3: mine? Yeah. Um, I, I fed a good portion of them even before their first shed. Um, mm-hmm. and then I just had a couple stragglers, uh, like two or three that held out to the ends. Uh, and I, I used uh parakeet and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and, um, I had good success with both. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, all in all, I would say that I had it pretty easy on the first clutch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the ones you're trying this year, will those
3: any of those be F1s? Are these all Bushmaster?
1: Yeah, so
3: um, all three females are going to be Bushmaster um, Maniquari. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes.
2: Right on.
1: It'll be exciting to see if there's actually a difference, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm That's curious cool. too. And the males will they be Bushma- bushmaster too, or? Uh,
3: yeah, so I have two bushmaster manaquari. I may put the male uh, from last year that I I got from um, from Gary. Uh, he may go in the rotation too if I decide not to do like a straight manaquari pairing. I haven't decided yet.
1: It's got time? Yeah. Got time to figure it out? Yep. Yep.
0: That's that's one of the things I do enjoy is. And it's something actually we're gonna me and Jake are gonna talk about on THP tomorrow night is just sort of taking your time with breeding since breeding season's right around the corner, if not happening now for some people. You know, not rushing females, not being in a rush yourself. You know, sometimes you have to yeah. make that call of, well, this snake's not ready, I gotta wait another year. You know, that's that's not a fun one to make, but if it's gotta happen, it's gotta happen and so we're gonna yeah. kinda talk about that kind of stuff tomorrow night. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you're you're at the mercy of of the animals, more or less, you know.
3: Yep. yeah. They're gonna call
1: the shots. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> That's for damn sure. Yep. It
1: can't hurt. It's never gonna set you back to wait a little bit longer. Yeah,
0: That's right. definitely. Mm-hmm. The older, the better. I put my bear dreads together this morning, so hopefully I'll get some oh. uh, something out of that. The female ran from him pretty much immediately. She went, <laughs> she went to hide. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, he's gonna stay with you longer then.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean I took a I took a hard look at my collection this week and realized that I don't have a single female that's probably over a thousand grams and, and last year I only got twelve eggs and I considered just euthanizing the whole bunch, but
0: <laughs> euthanizing the babies? No, I'm, I'm joking I was like wait what
2: Oh I, was like, I, I get it now I was, in, my
1: mind, in my mind the gears were turning I was like wait I was like what Wait, wait what? I was, gonna, I was like I had to like re-say the sentence in my head I was like huh he's
0: like, <laughs> Dave's eating nope. lead paint chips again he's, he's got this crazy talk going on <laughs> I was like what no. is he Oh I get
1: No, it's funny. After my first year, I was like, I do not want another clutch. I'm taking a year off. And like you said, I "I need a break for a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I felt the same way. I don't know. There's something about the challenge of it all, though, that's like addicting. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, I will say I'm super stoked this year. Now I'm like, I got to
0: do something
1: like it. Yeah it's fun to like, I don't know about you. I wrote down all my notes. Like I sent you those, Justin, where I have like what happened on which yeah, day what I did. And I'm like looking at it and you didn't miss trying a beat. To figure out if I should do it later this year or what I'm going to do. So that's always kind of the fun part, you know, coming up with a game plan and if it actually works out, it works out, which is really cool.
0: And David, yep. for that female that you're giving a year off, are you yep. giving her a year off from when she laid?
3: I'm just skipping this, this winter. So I'm, I'm not really monitoring it that closely. Um, So I figure I'm not going to pair her up this season. Uh, And then, you know, maybe next winter, uh, most likely, I'll I'll pair her up again.
0: Because I got eggs from mine late December. I wasn't going to pair her up again until late December. So that means I probably won't get eggs until late winter, early spring, maybe, if if they make anything even happen. Yeah. So I'm like... Well, maybe my definition of a year off is different from a, like a calendar year, not necessarily a seasonal. Yeah. So, I had a some clarification. I'm
3: skipping one breeding season is what I'm yeah. doing. Exactly same here.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. I'm tracking. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if there's not anything else y'all want to discuss, we're at an hour 10. Uh, no, nah, I think that was a good think, discussion. Yeah, I think I'm we good. covered everything we wanted to cover. Yeah, yeah. let's end it with a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It and really it took a minute note. for that to sink in. I was like, what is he talking <laughs> I, I, about? I think that's what
1: made it that much better. <laughs> There's some suspense to it. We all,
2: we all contemplated he was <laughs> about to
1: kill a bunch of snakes.
0: What <laughs> the know? hell is Dave talking about? Oh,
1: That okay. uh, <laughs> was good. That was good.
0: All right, well, um, Luke... Tell people where they can follow you to see your Herbie animals and the other awesome stuff you have.
1: Yeah, just take me out on Instagram, Luke underscore Snakewalker. I'll be on there. Keep or it you,
0: you can go to the TCC page where I've reposted probably half of his stuff. Oh, yeah, thank I feel you. Like I, t- I feel like I tag, tag you in everything. Right I'm like, yeah, Luke here. Snakewalker. Like, this is a snake I got from him. Hey, this is the one he, one of the ones he owns, you know.
1: <laughs> I know, dude. I feel bad. I I'm getting you guys some snakes, okay? In a few months, dude, just wait. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I promise. <Yeah. laughs> it's me. happening. Don't I'm talking don't, to my female right now. Don't like, do it on lie.
0: on my part.
1: <laughs> oh no, dude, I got to. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah, just check out either just the the Contracast one or hit me up on Instagram.
2: <laughs>
0: David.
3: Uh, let's see. Probably the easiest place to find me is on Facebook. Um, you can message me directly or you can go to my, my, uh, especially enclosure designs page. And I also have, uh, my own web store at speciallyenclosureddesigns.com. You can reach me at both.
0: And don't get it twisted with anyone else. Dave was the original. Mm-hmm. Dave is the best. Uh, <laughs> anyone else little. is second rate.
1: The one and only. The one and
0: only. <laughs> <laughs> and i actually um, i need to place an order with you soon because there's a bunch of stuff i need <laughs> mm-hmm. i just haven't gotten around to actually doing i'm waiting for all this house stuff to f- finish before i yeah man let's jump let into the dust that
3: settle just let me know what
0: you need i just got a bunch of stuff to- that needs upgrades and i need python portals and or draco portals because luke the stuff that i have from you man they're outgrow they've outgrown those six courts like they need to go into something bigger now
1: Right, I've been just like uh oh, school's about to start and I'm really trying to get them in something bigger too before uh-huh. uh, before winter comes around and so it's uh-huh. getting cold so I'm in the same boat
0: yeah I think we keep we keep Dave afloat like we pay Dave's light bill all the time yeah you
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm anxious to try
0: those uh the hide box uh frames to to mount the the mounts for the uh the, what? Who, is, who What's the brand for those those hide boxes, man? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Reptile,
2: yeah.
1: reptile basics.
0: Yeah. Is it yep. those? Yeah. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those, man. Those would work for so many different things. I'm I'm anxious to give those a shot. I think the cyania would really appreciate them. Give one oh, to the yeah, breads. Okay. The breadles too. <laughs> Everything, man. The amazons <laughs> would love them. The breadles would use them. Like Just I think, the think even the
1: giant bread eye up high. The would even than use that, them.
0: right? <laughs>
1: But, um, all right, I'm going to let you guys go. Always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. You
1: guys are the shit.
0: And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys sometime soon. All right, man.
1: All right, later, guys. Later. 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 See
0: ya. Okay, episode 18 in the books. Thanks again to David and Luke for coming on again. Uh, Talk to those guys a lot, so it's always cool to kick it with them. Um, hope we got you a bunch of good information about rain chambers uh, they work, they work really well a lot of people have used them and had good success with them so if you're thinking about trying them out give it a shot um, follow me at Palmetto Coast Exotics. follow the ConjureCast on Instagram and Facebook subscribe to the show via SoundCloud iTunes, Google Play or Spotify thanks to our sponsor, my sponsor David Broms, who you just heard from Specialty Enclosure Designs. He uh, helps make the show possible. His products are awesome. Like I said, if you see anybody else making similar products, don't bother. David's the man. Quality stuff. I've got a lot of it from him. No issues so far. He knows what he's doing. His prices are fair. He was number one for a reason. It's lonely at the top. Check him out. Specialty Enclosure Designs.com. See you all later.